welcome to the No More Ladies podcast. I'm Jackie. And I'm Danielle, and we're just two best friends and ex-Blockbuster employees re-watching some of the best and worst movies from the late 90s and early 2000s. I changed our intro because Heather came on and said, well, it's not your favorite movies because you don't like all of the movies. <laughs> so I said, you know what? Valid. Valid feedback. <laughs> so I changed it. And I, I don't think it's bad. No. That's fine. <laughs> Not mad at it. <laughs> so this week we are doing the movie Scream, which we're super stoked about and also very excited because we have a special guest. My baby sister's here. Sarita's here. <laughs> here comes the girl. So Thanks so much for joining us, Serena. And it's even more special because we're celebrating your birthday. (laughs) (laughs) It's Virgo season, people. (laughs) The Scream is a 1996 slasher film that follows the character of Sydney Prescott, played by Nev Campbell, who is a high school student in the fictional town of Woodsboro, California. She becomes the target of a mysterious killer dressed in a Halloween costume known as Ghostface. The film combines black comedy and whodunit mystery with the violence of the slasher genre to satirize the cliches of horror movie genre popularized in films such as Halloween, Friday the 13th, and Wes Craven's own A Nightmare on Elm Street. Wes Craven is also the director of this movie. Scream was considered unique at the time of its release for featuring characters who were aware of real-world horror films and openly discussed the cliches that the film attempted to subvert. So like I said, it stars Nev Campbell, along with David Arquette, Courtney Cox, Matthew Lillard, Rose McGowan, Skeet Ulrich, and Drew Barrymore, and it was written by Kevin Williamson. We've done one of his movies on a previous episode. We did I Know What You Did Last Summer. Check that one out, too. And you can watch this on HBO Max. But before we get started, let's get into our ratings rewind. So you know the drill. Before we get into the movie, we'll reveal the rating our Y2K versions of ourselves would give. Then at the end, we'll see if our current selves agree with with our initial rating. So our scale consists of would buy it, would buy it again. The best would play on repeat. Five day rental would watch again. Two day rental. Okay, but nothing to rent home about. And same day rental. Trash. Throw the <laughs> slash in the trash. <laughs> okay, ladies. Before we get into it, what's everyone's reading? Serena. <laughs> I would definitely buy this movie if I saw it in the theater when it came out and loved it. Yeah. Breathed it, lived it. <laughs> Love the movie. Our senior video yearbook, we ranked the top 10 movies from 96 to 2000. And I got to cut the trailer for Scream in our senior video yearbook. Yeah. All about it. <laughs> <laughs> for me, would buy 100%. I had it on VHS and then obviously I went and bought it on DVD later. So that's why I'm so excited we're doing this one. 
Let's get into it. <laughs> the movie starts off at Casey Becker's house. She is getting ready for a night of movies, VHS movies, that is. Mm-hmm. She's getting a popcorn ready, and the cordless phone starts to a ring. I'm literally pulling up the one and a half, one page notes. Serena stopped taking notes about 30 minutes into the movie. Thank you for exposing me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hold on. Of course she has to show out by fucking counting how many notes, pages of notes she has. I have 11 pages front (laughs) and back. I just want to note, she skips lines. I do the towel. So that let's let's cut that in half. Oh, it's so about me six. skipping lines. <laughs> I'm <laughs> not saying it's equivalent, but you're not gonna be out here talking about you did all this heavy lifting. Okay. Anywho. Okay, why don't you uh do the timeline of the movie this weekend? I got it. <laughs> <laughs> she in fact did not. I got it. <laughs> That's not entirely true. She picks up the black and white cordon phone first first and then hangs up because she's headed to the kitchen and then she picks up the white cordless phone. Shaped like a brick. Shaped like a brick. (laughs) That should have been her weapon of choice. First of all. (laughs) So, okay. Just some background about this movie. When this movie came out, we just have to set the atmosphere because I think, especially if you really didn't grow up in this time period, the slasher movie was really huge in like the 70s and started to taper off towards the 80s. And we didn't get like a mainstream slasher in the early 90s pretty much at all. Mm -hmm. So when this movie came out, it came out in 96. Was it December? December of 96. And when I was t- I was looking up some stuff, I said to Jackie, I was like, oh my God, do you know that the weekend that Scream came out, that it, it was number two and that the movie that beat it was Beavis and Butthead? Like that should tell you what was Strange happening. Times. <laughs> Strange times. <laughs> and also was considered a sleeper hit because again, slashers were not what they weren't doing what they used to do back in the 70s well and it was all very like c movie like it it was a b or a c movie like there were no mainstream slasher movies and hadn't been since pretty much halloween yes which we'll talk we'll get into it as we go through the movie but halloween is like a huge influence when it comes to this franchise to this first movie it influenced Kevin Williamson, who wrote the movie, because he was a huge John Carpenter Halloween fan. Um, It influenced some of the references because Wes Craven has always been compared to John Carpenter. And again, because it was such a huge, huge slasher film hit. The other thing is that Drew Barrymore, one of the things with this beginning scene hadn't been done before. You had a huge name star get killed in the first few minutes of the movie 
So everyone who was seeing this movie had no idea that she was going to die. So mm-hmm. you're watching this movie thinking she's going to be the star. And that bitch got dead killed. Because mm-hmm. she was literally the largest name in, in that the, movie. In the yeah. Movie. We didn't really know. We didn't know Rose McGowan yet. We didn't know Ski Ulrich, which was the poor man's Johnny Depp. You know, we didn't know who we knew. Um, Courtney Cox only because Friends. Yeah, and at that point, Friends was only two years old. Yeah, and she was with her role. She was complete opposite of what we knew as Monica Geller. Yeah, heartless. Yeah, (laughs) heartless. Funny. savage <laughs> so so good in, in that movie and the funny thing is that drew barrymore she was supposed to be sydney in the movie and two weeks into production she changes her mind and says you know what i think it would be even better if i play casey and get killed in the first few minutes nobody would see that coming and mm-hmm. it and it changed the game like that was one of the best parts because you're going into the movie like what the fuck is happening they just killed drew barrymore anyone can die it was was almost a movie within a movie like yeah like you're like is is it over (laughs) (laughs) it was insane so she gets killed off and when this happened they had to go find a new sydney um and they found nev campbell so that kind of just changed the trajectory of, of of everything and nev campbell having like the brown hair Rose McGowan had naturally as a brunette she had to go change her hair color yeah yeah (laughs) because white people rules you can't have all the same colored hair people because that's their diversity oh my god yeah you gotta have like a blonde Blonde. girl and a redhead in a brunette and if you have two brunettes one usually has darker hair and it's like curly and the other one's straight (laughs) jesus christ no black people no asian people no hispanics but we've got to have diversity in hair love it 100 as soon as she's getting her popcorn ready the phone rings again and then she answers it and it turns out to be some mysterious guy (laughs) on the phone she thinks he's flirting at first. And yeah. she's flirting with him. Yeah. And these are the problems that I have right from the bat. Like, boo-boo, get off my phone. Yeah, she she hung up the first time. I was just like, yeah, it's okay. Wrong number. And hangs up and then it rings again. And she's just like, hello. Like, <laughs> I wonder who it could be. Yeah, he calls back like four or five times. Like, yeah. Stop answering the damn phone. Right. She she's way too polite. She's flirting. There's no bass in her voice to say, get the fuck off my phone. Never. Right? We don't have caller ID. So half this movie you couldn't do nowadays. You would have to change it a lot. Now but... I just all harassed by Sam like <laughs> yes! I'd like to talk to you about your car's warranty. <laughs> They do a couple of exterior shots, like she goes and locks the door to the backyard and it shows like her misty pool and then like big trees and stuff. So obviously she, her house is kind of in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Setting the scene for what's to come. I just think it's funny because when we watched, I know what you did last summer, it was insinuated that three out of the four in the group Hat were wealthy, mm-hmm. but then we saw their shanky houses, <laughs> and we're like, Barry was the only one that had like a really nice estate. 
mm-hmm. we would call it. The yeah. rest was like, you, you live in a, in a shack <laughs> by the bay. Just because it's large doesn't mean it's nice. Yeah, it was <laughs> awful. But these houses and Scream, like, they had money. <laughs> they had lots of money. <laughs> and Casey had all this open windowscape mm-hmm. and all these glass doors or whatever. And there just wasn't an urgency for me, mm-hmm. whether someone called or not, a bitch was locking all those doors. Mm-hmm. There's not all these open, unlocked she doors. She did go lock two of the doors. Yeah. But I'm like, how many doors does she have in that house? And I grew up in a house with a lot yes, of doors. Did. I would be like barricading myself in a room Yes, somewhere. Especially with all that glass. When she... Okay, so... It takes her so long to get scared. Mm-hmm. When she gets scared, you're fucking holding a phone and you're listening to the guy when you say, oh, the cops won't get there. Call 911 anyways. Mm-hmm. Why are you going outside? He didn't say he, he said he could see you. You've got windows everywhere. It doesn't mean he was in the house. Yeah. And even so, barricade yourself in a room without windows and oh, wait it out. Yeah the fuck get some weapons that's another thing no weapons she grabbed a knife eventually (laughs) she took so long you're right she did she did have a a knife and she did at one point use the phone like she hit him in the head with that brick ass phone (laughs) she just she wasn't a fighter (laughs) she was not she just (laughs) half-heartedly tried to fight first and then she got out, but she knows her property. Right. Like, surely you have a hiding spot from when you were younger, something. Yeah. Like, Sydney knew to use the fucking the doors. door. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And when she saw her parents, okay, mm-hmm. the amount of time, the lapse of time in which she saw her parents driving up to the mm-hmm. driveway and she stood on the lawn yeah first of all you don't stop moving mm-hmm. you don't turn to look behind you you don't stop moving she just was standing there staring at them i'm like bitch run run yell scream clatter some pans make she, some noise she tries to scream but i think even though he stabbed her like in the chest I think it was like she couldn't scream because they had like punctured a lung or something. Like it, like it seemed like her stab wound was preventing her from yeah. screaming. Like throw the phone that you still right. have in your hand. Like do something to get attention. We're getting ahead of ourselves because <laughs> the killer's not even in the house. <laughs> I mean, we can move forward. I mean, if you haven't seen Scream, I don't know what you're doing here. Let me see. Okay, so at one point. You want to play a game? <laughs> oh my god! And they're asking her horror movie trivia questions. She gets one wrong, so they show that her boyfriend Steve is duct taped to the patio furniture, and he got to go. And she listened to everything that they said. Like, dude, you don't even see the killer. So mm-hmm. even if you try, you have more chance trying to save Steve and maybe potentially two against one mm-hmm. than she looks at Steve because he's like, now turn the lights off. And she she listens. I I can't be scared of something I haven't seen yet. You haven't even shown me anything. And I'm listening to you on the phone. 
as you give me orders, I would have hung up on that motherfucker, called 911, and said, Steve, yo, we out. <laughs> we do it. Where this. was Steve's car? I don't know. So I'm wondering if they kidnapped him ahead of time. Yeah. They abducted him. And yeah. They tied him to the chair and everything. I'm sorry. I want to go back because like the part where she's on the phone. No, that <laughs> is like talking to him being like, my boyfriend's going to come over and he's going to kick your ass. And he's just like, oh yeah. Uh-huh. And he's like, he's big. And he's on the football team. He's like, kick the shit out of you. And I'm like, girl, he's duct taped to the chair. He's not going to do shit. I'm sorry. Yeah. That it, there are just so many things that didn't make sense to me that she was doing, and with Jackie's thought process, the bitch deserved to die at this point. Yeah, <laughs> we talked about that on the live plus. My philosophy is you put yourself in stupid situations, you get what you get. Yeah, it's so hard because, like, it we it's easy for us to say yeah. what we would do, but. I think horror is a little different than, than like, like the rom-coms. And yeah. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. So obviously Casey plays around on the phone, doesn't call 911. The killer guts her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, his entrails were just hanging Ouch. off the chair. Yeah. And she goes outside. She tries to hide, but she gets snatched up. She gets stabbed. Mm -hmm. And the worst part, like, it's so funny, the reactions that you have after, when I was younger, there were things that I missed in that movie. But then I got the perspective of the parents and my heart, like, wrenched for the parents coming home. Can you even imagine? No. And, like, they, the parents come home and Casey is outside. She still has the phone on. Yeah. And she's getting stabbed and she's on her last breath and her parents pick up the phone to call 911 because they see the disarray the house is in, you know, popcorn's on fire. They see that the glass is broken Mm -hmm. and they hear their daughter having their like her last breath on the phone, which is also crazy because she like just really hung in there for a while and Mm -hmm. then literally was hung. Oh, Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then you get the track zoom into Casey's face and then it's just black and then yeah. scream. And I, I I saw this movie in the theater with my mom and yeah, seeing Drew Barrymore dead. Strung up with her insides on the outside. I wasn't prepared. Yeah. And apparently to get because I mean her performance in that. Yeah is amazing so good so good and she said that the way he got her to react like that was Craven knew she was such a huge animal lover yeah he would tell her stories about animals like being tortured and stuff oh my god to get that reaction <laughs> that's insane not good that's intense. oh so I miss I misspoke so Actually, it was five weeks before production was set to begin, not two weeks into production. So they were five weeks out before she changed her mind about being Casey Backer. And she actually only worked like about a little less than a week shooting all of her scenes in the first five days of production. And she kept calling 911. 
<laughs> by accident while filming the opening scene. But she, what? You couldn't, you couldn't, she wasn't doing 911. She had the, to make it look <laughs> realistic. Yeah, so she kept calling 911 while filming. But I feel like that's not on her because wasn't it a prop master forgot yeah. to yes. disconnect the phone? JP Jones forgot to unplug the phone before filming. So oh it's his fault. You're right. I don't blame DB. I blame JP Jones. Did they actually show up to the site being like, what's going on here? Like nothing. We're shooting a movie. She's just hanging from a tree. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing to see here. No, no. Look away. So after opening credits, we see Nev Campbell. She is in like an Uh, old lady nightgown. I would call this a moo moo light. It doesn't have sleeves. It has buttons, but every girl in the '90s had one of these nightgowns if their grandma made them wear them. And when I say girls, I mean me. I had those. I felt very. It felt very relatable to me. <laughs> and she, it seems like so she has like a computer that I guess only has DOS. Only you would notice this. <laughs> like, what's she doing with that computer? Like, is she a hacker on the side? <laughs> I don't understand, but she's doing computery things, <laughs> and creepy Billy pops up in the window. His hair, like, I want to know. I want to talk to hair and makeup about the hair in the nineties in general, because Eric Von Den and Princess Diaries had the same gross, greasy hair. Did they like get olive oil and just oh, drench it in? It. Yep. And then they took like, like this the one little strand, <laughs> right? Like disgusting. <laughs> God no, <laughs> so gross. <laughs> so yeah, that was super weird. So Billy comes in. He comes. Billy, in. Billy's main motive is to bone. Yeah, pretty much like any way he can. And so he's like <laughs> bitching that she won't give it up. Makes her feel bad. Yeah. Girl, you never feel bad for not wanting to have sex with someone. But here's the thing. I think now women are learning this more and more. And younger women are getting it. But in the 90s, when we grew up, if it wasn't for our parents telling us, like, do not feel it wasn't even like do not feel obligated Mm -hmm. it was don't trust it don't do it don't trust those boys it wasn't you have every right to not want to have sex auntie jackie says (laughs) do not have sex unless you want to you owe no one anything yes you owe no one sex you owe no one a special treat when you're on your period you don't owe anybody. You don't have to say you have a headache, whether you're married, single, whatever. You don't owe anybody anything. And boys, no means no. Even in a relationship. Yes. Yeah. And consent can be revoked at any time. And you better fucking stop. That's our PSA. Yes. Stop that shit. <laughs> anyway, so she feels bad. And as he's like, 
having his bitch fit and climbing back out the window, she's like, well, maybe PG-13 and flashes him. The funniest part, though, is like, she's like, well, would you settle for some over the clothes stuff? I thought they would have like, maybe it would have panned off for a little bit or something. They were there for like two seconds. She pecked him like twice and then told him to go about her way. Go about your business. Yeah. She had uh, shit to do. The only unrealistic thing was like, who the fuck was believing that these grown ass people were teenagers? Skeet looked a good 30 to me in this movie. Yeah, I was just like, in where and what universe <laughs> is this passing as 15 to 18? Matthew Lillard, yes. He he did look very fresh faced. Rose McGowan, I think yes. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamie Kennedy, Jamie Kennedy yes. yes. <laughs> no shade to Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> yeah. Nev looked a little bit older too. When her hair was pulled back in a ponytail, maybe she got yeah. yeah, no, but Skeet definitely not. He looked <laughs> older than Dewey. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh my god, he did. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so we're next day at school. Everyone's buzzing about Casey and Steve being, being murdered. We see our first appearance of Gail Weathers in her lime green power suit. Oh God. my, that's what I have. <laughs> I have <in> my notes. <laughs> I put lime green power suit. That's and above that I put you're horny after killing someone. Her is gross. Gail Weathers and comes up to Sydney. Oh, that's right. So Gail pieces her down and pretty much implies that the, the town hasn't seen something like this since, yeah. you know. And for backstory, we find later that Sydney's mother was brutally raped and murdered and she's endured a lot. So these, these killings of these two students are bringing up all of that back into the the front of the the town yeah yeah and um sydney's like it's almost been a year exactly tomorrow will be a year yeah and so all the news stations are there um at the school the kids are going into school apparently the police department has taken upon themselves to just interrogate every student in high school (laughs) or is it just the classes she was in I don't know. I, don't I think know. it's like, maybe her, the people in her class or people who would just know them in general. But that would be, I would assume that would be everyone. If she's on the football team, he's pretty, probably pretty popular. Yeah. It seemed like they were pulling everyone in, <laughs> which I don't know if that's procedure in murder cases is to just question Let, an entire town. First of all, if we look at Dewey's skills in the, yeah. and if we look at, He's learning, learning, but if we even look at Sydney's mom's case and we find all the holes through all the different movies and we find out what really happens, they're not the greatest police force in the the state of California. All I'm saying is they should have gotten Veronica Mars on. (laughs) She would have solved it before fucking did it. Uh, You're right. (laughs) The funny thing, since we're at the high school, we can talk about... Mm -hmm. The fact that planning this shoot at Santa Rosa High School in Santa Rosa, California. 
and they got the approval of the school board. But despite the approval, just a few weeks before production, they had concerns about the glorified violence in the movie and they pulled support of them actually filming at that school. Yeah. Obviously, Wes Craven being a petty bitch. I love a petty bitch. <laughs> they eventually had the shoot at a community center um, nearby. And at the end of the film, <laughs> I love a petty bitch. <laughs> As a joke, they added a special thanks section at the end of the credits that said no thanks whatsoever to the Santa Rosa City School District Governing Board. (laughs) (laughs) And now we are introduced to Dewey, Deputy Riley, who also happens to be Sydney's best friend Tatum's older brother. Right. So they, they just interrogated everybody up in her. Right. They call Sydney from her class. It's her turn mm-hmm. to, to be interrogated. And they're a little bit familiar with her because obviously of Dewey's relationship, but also because Sydney has just gone through this extremely horrible thing just mm-hmm. a year prior. We're also introduced to their principal, A. <laughs> Fonzie, aka Henry Winkler. So now we see um, it's lunchtime, I guess. They're all sitting on a fountain outside the high school. Yeah. There's something they, about 90s in the fountains. We just had this situation with Billy Madison. They a bougie school, guys. Yeah. Like, well, their houses were huge. This had to be in a very rich neighborhood. Yeah, this is true. So they're all talking about Casey and Steve. They talk about how Stu used to date Casey. And he's like, yeah, there's so many context clues in just this scene. And I just, of course, me being a moron watching now, everything's clicking. Like there are parts when um, Billy is looking at um, Stu almost like, bitch shut up as if he was divulging too much like when it when Stu said I didn't kill anybody and Billy's like nobody said you did yes I'm like (laughs) although it was a really really fun game to play while we watched it was who is killing in this scene yes yes because rewatching it knowing at the end spoiler alert if you've never seen Scream that there are two killers and they happen to be Billy and Stu and so as we were watching the movie for the episode we were figuring out like okay in this scene look his head is bruised because yeah (laughs) that was a fun game yes and like it just shows how much attention to detail like yes Kevin Williamson put into the script yes because it's like okay well Sydney hits the killer in the head so in the next scene right Matthew Lillard is like checking out his forehead in a mirror like there are things that happen that that were very yeah we didn't have we didn't have a I mean I'm sure there's some um some bloopers or things that they missed but Mm -hmm. I didn't really catch any (laughs) and so then we get the very classic quote from Randy 
Did you put her liver in the mailbox? (laughs) (laughs) I heard you put her liver in the mailbox. Along with her spleen and her pancreas. Oh my God. I also love, what does Matthew Willard say after that though? He makes a a joke about- Liver alone. (laughs) (laughs) And ladies and gentlemen, this is what it was like watching the movie with these two. It's so good. So then we see Sydney getting dropped off at her house. And I think it's hilarious that she goes, when she goes to check the mail, I really think she's checking for a liver. (laughs) (laughs) Not a letter, but a liver. Um, And then she, (laughs) (laughs) but she goes home. Now, at this point, when she's home, she's she's home by herself. Right. Um, Her dad has gone on a business trip. Yes, he has some sort of um, conference or like, it seemed like he was going to have a booth or something and he, I don't know what he does. I don't either. Something good because that house is noise. Yeah. Yeah. This house though. Super weird. The layers of it. Like there's levels. Yeah. But it also is pure 90s yes yes we've got the wallpaper floral wallpaper we've got the plaid couch plaid couch so much plaid they had metal like silver metal switch plates oh i didn't see that that was weird we've got ducks on the the coffee table yes so many ducks so Sydney is exhausted from the day, as she should be. Yes. And so she takes a nappy on the couch. Apparently the plan is for Tatum to come pick her up. They're going to go to the video store and then go to Tatum's house. And for me, this is what cemented that Tatum wasn't the best friend. Oh, the bestest of friends. Is, she's yes. kind of Lily Moskovitz. Yes. Yes, she is. And she will get to when she <laughs> messes that up. Yeah. But she she knows that. Her friend's mom just died last year. Mm-hmm. She knows that there's a killer loose. And, and it's coming up on the anniversary of her death. Right. And she says she's going to come up, come and pick up Sydney. Now, I'm guessing school started, got out by like maybe three or four mm-hmm. o'clock. Probably three in high school, right? Yeah. She calls and tells Tatum to pick her up. Tatum's supposed to pick her up. It is now dark outside after yeah. she falls asleep and wakes up and calls Tatum to say like, where the hell are you? I'm guessing it's like seven now, at, at least. least. Yeah. And Tatum still doesn't come right away, yeah. which leaves it completely open for her to be attacked. Mm-hmm. Now the killer has come to Sydney's house. And she gets a phone call and all the phone calls come in and it's like distorted, like right. they're using a voice distorter. She thinks it's Randy fucking around because he's obsessed with horror movies. Yes. And he's a little weird. So mm-hmm. she's like, essentially, fuck off, Randy. Yeah. Walks outside. <laughs> she goes outside. And- <laughs> that scene is, I think, what's great about Sydney is she does everything that Casey doesn't. And I think we have to see what happens to Casey to set the, the different spectrums of who we're dealing with. we got the final girl. And that final girl. Yeah. I don't know what the, <laughs> she did. The dead girl. So Sydney goes outside and is trying to call Randy's bluff. And she's like, oh, yeah, you're, you can see me. What am I doing? And she sticks her finger up her nose. <laughs> Which I mean, okay. But she also says, like, no, I don't even watch horror movies. They're stupid. The girls yeah. are always running upstairs instead of running <laughs> out the front door. 
it's insulting right type thing which is what's so great about this movie is that they do mock a they lot call it off. it's very meta yeah in a yeah. way because like they acknowledge the things that are gonna happen in the movie or already have happened in the movie right so she's like whatever girl bye hangs up <laughs> she gets a call back right yeah, no, she was about to hang up, and oh. then he's like, "Don't you hang up on me, or I'll kill you, just like your mother, or something like that." That's right. And then she's just like, "You're not Randy," <laughs> <laughs> which was also another context clue. Yeah, like as you're watching for maybe the first or even second time, it's a throwaway, right? But later down the line, we find out that shit's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she says, "Fuck you, you cretin!" <laughs> hangs up, goes inside, locks the door. He's already house he's hiding in the hall closet oh man slams out she got fighting her though so she's like she put the boot to his chest and then went flying (laughs) (laughs) i respect Sydney very much she is a fighter she's not dying so she runs upstairs she runs into her room in an earlier scene you see her dad open her bedroom door but her closet door is open and so the closet door prevents her bedroom door from being open all the way right so she uses that trick to her advantage to to lock the door so that the killer can't come in then is this the same where she uses her computer to yes, try and call is. 911 yes it is told you she's a fucking hacker I'm like who she saw the net with sandy bullock i had a computer i wouldn't know how to do that shit and I don't know. Especially yeah. for like the age difference. I'm like, yeah. is this just a thing in the 90s? And <laughs> like, you can just tap into the 911 operating system. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, I don't know. She She's the final girl. That's it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they have more skills, I guess. The killer's getting trying to get in. She's DMing 911. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the killer just pieces up. Yeah. And he's gone. Mm-hmm. And shortly after that, Billy in the window again. Yes. Yes. This creep. So, okay. In that scene, was it Stu who was, and then Billy? Billy. Okay. So, so Stu who got his ass whooped. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Billy's the one climbing through the window. Yeah. So, okay. Billy, and it was. So Billy could be like, look, like, it couldn't have been me. I'm just climbing in the window. He was at the door. I must have scared him away. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Gaslighting. Right. So the thing is, even when he says this, she doesn't trust him. Yeah. She still keeps her distance. The police arrest him. And her her gut is on Billy. She feels it. When she goes down the stairs <laughs> to answer the door when the cops arrive. Yeah. With Dewey. <laughs> and Dewey, for some reason, screams. <laughs> he and he's holding the mask up. Like, if she had looked at the people, all she would have seen is the fucking mask that just terrorized her. And so she <laughs> flings the door open, and he's holding the mask up, and then he screams. Do we get some chill, bro? He's a special kind of person. Like, <laughs> or maybe wrong line of work. 
He's definitely on the spectrum. <laughs> Wrong way to break this man should not be a police officer. It's so unhelpful. I always get I get the vibe that he's on the spectrum too. Maybe a little bit. His social I feel like skills he would be good bit. as like a parking lot security. <laughs> yeah, just not a cop. Not, not, not a cop. Yeah. Yeah. Make him feel like he has some authority. Yeah. But not out on those streets trying to serve the <laughs> Yeah. I, so Billy is arrested. They take him downtown. They take Sydney with them so that they can get her statement. Tatum finally comes and picks her up. Tatum. Tatum. And she has one of those VW bugs. She bugs. Mm-hmm. Well, was An that? original bug. Yeah. That's OG. But I love the color. It's like a deep blood red. We see them interrogating Billy. Right. He has a cell phone, so they're going to like investigate to see pull up the phone log to see if <laughs> Billy's dad is with him. him yeah and he's like it's not yes. me it's not me everyone has a phone and his dad is like yeah pull up the records from the phone company and you know the sad thing is I would be like duh the police station would totally do that but I felt like the sheriff was like writing down notes like, <laughs> like this oh, is a good that's idea, a good idea. <laughs> yeah um Billy's creepy as hell, given his statement while he's being interrogated. And he's just being questioned, like, in the middle of the office. It was weird. And Sydney is, like, watching all of it. Tatum starts showing out, disrespecting her brother at his place of work, and tells him, you know, I'm ready to go. Mm -hmm. I feel like you would do this to me. Yeah. Like Deputy Dewey boy, let's go. I'm not trying to wait over here. It's I told you, and mom told you it's the Debbie Riley when I'm at work. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. I love that reenactment. Thanks. Thanks. Um, we get our acting skills from Christine. She's very dramatic. So oh. now Tatum is going um to take Sydney home. Mm-hmm. Dewey says but take it to her, take it out the back. And, but not home, like to Tatum's house, not mm-hmm. Sydney's house. So Gail's waiting in the back alley because she knows she's on it. She's on it. I mean, Gail's good at her job. Yeah. And so she confronts Sydney. Sydney has had enough, enough. of this fucking <laughs> night. <laughs> and end of Gail Weathers. End of Gail Weathers and just <laughs> nails her. Mama said, knock you out. <laughs> As Serena's background was adjusted. (laughs) (laughs) Punched the hell out of here. Yep. Knocked out. So later that night, they're in Tatum's room. (laughs) The twin beds, the 90s decor. Yes, as a 90s child, I'm like, wouldn't it be so cool? Like, how rich must her parents be? That they just bought her an extra bed for her bedroom. Yeah, two twin beds. Just so when her friend is over, she has beds too. So funny story, Shayla had at her mom's house, there are two twin beds at her house. So sometimes like I'll we'll both sleep over like holidays and we'll sleep over in the twin beds. And it feels like we're in college again. <laughs> Roomies again. <laughs> <laughs> then 
Tatum's mom has the fucking audacity. <laughs> yeah, it's not bright. It's not a bright choice. To be like, Sydney, you got a phone call. Even though everyone you fucking know is either in this house or in jail. Uh-huh. And she She's says, is it my father? Yeah. No. No. You know there's a killer. It's not even that there's a killer and she's been attacked, but you know they have a way of calling mm-hmm. before they attack. So why are you giving this traumatized girl another phone call? Do we get it from his mama? Yeah. The stupidity <laughs> is definitely coming yes. from the maternal side <laughs> oh of the family. Um, so then more... Ghostface killer threats over the phone. Looks like you fingered the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking stew. You called him Ghostface Killer too. A Ghostface. <laughs> oh, Isn't that what they call him? No, just no, Ghostface. Ghostface. Ghostface Killer is from Wu Tang Clan. That one time <laughs> that I was at work. And Riza, was it Riza? No, it was Ghostface Killer. Oh, but like I don't know. <laughs> I was either never at work when the celebrities came in, and I worked at Blockbuster full time. Right, I missed every single celebrity except for Jimmy Smith and Wanda De Jesus. Um, but Ghostface Killer came in. No one, no one told the bitch. So I could be like, oh, no one. Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. <laughs> you just didn't know. I missed every time Adam Sandler came in. Adam Sandler's now wife, Jackie Titone, lived in our hometown, and the blockbuster I worked at was like their local blockbuster. So anytime he was in town, he would come to our blockbuster. I was never working. I wasn't working the time in Boca where 50 Cent came in, and his security <laughs> was like pushing old ladies out of the way. I, you didn't miss anything. He's such an asshole. Anywho, <laughs> Ghostface, <laughs> not Ghostface Killer, although appropriate, it is. Um, and then so Sydney slams the phone down, like, God damn it! And then like Dewey picks up the phone, is like, Hello. <laughs> What you doing out here in these streets, Dewey? Before we move forward, since we're talking about Ghostface, so obviously they went through a lot on the production side to figure out what they were going to use to make this masked, you know, scary person or whatever. And so they went to a Halloween store. They they did they used a bunch of masks that they found, and they finally got to the Ghostface one. What was like, and I saw Skeet Ulrich and Matthew Lillard Mm -hmm. on TikTok talking about this, and you probably saw it too, right? So what happened was they did not secure the rights. They did not buy the rights to the mask. Because it was like a generic, right, small shot, like mom and pop shot costume maker. And yeah. so they didn't even think about it. And they probably also didn't think that the movie was going to become yeah. this franchise yeah. of what it is, right? So they use it and they have to pay trademark on it. So the company that they got it from was smart. They made cop, uh, like, they got it trademarked. Mm-hmm. And 
So now every time they use it for these movies, every time they do a new movie, they have to pay a whole shitload of money Mm -hmm. to this company to be able to have it in the movies. And I think it became a little bit more evident because as we know, the movie spawned a MTV TV show Mm -hmm. that Wes Craven, he was like, look, I just threw my name on it. Uh, I don't have anything really to do with it. Um, But it was really funny because the MTV show tried to make it seem like they were just trying to be cool and like they wanted to be a part of Scream, but a little bit outside of it. And so they did a whole bunch of work to remake or to make something different. They did not use the ghost face um, mask. And they're like, oh, no, it has nothing to do with the the cop, the trademark. The company was Fun World. Yeah. And it was mask produced for years as part of a fantastic faces pack and now it's become one of the world's most recognizable horror horror symbols good on them yes like but scream mtv did not want to pay for that (laughs) but they said it was an artistic choice garbage (laughs) (laughs) so anywho we're moving forward so now we're at school the next day there's reporters ever everywhere because now there's been another attack and I think maybe Gail realized oh Dewey like either has a relationship with Sydney or is the one like protecting he her was, she she noticed he was her in because he well, was the 100%. easiest to, to get into yeah. but I think it was in this scene where she starts flirting with the Dewey what what do you think Serena well, I think it was definitely easy to see that like Dewey is not the smartest person. She definitely could have her way, so that way she can get away to Sydney in some kind of way. Rose McGowan didn't expect Courtney Cox and Derek David Arquette to start dating. Yeah, it's crazy that they like had an entire relationship from this movie. Why didn't she think that she saw them dating? She didn't think Cox could would give Arquette the time of day. Which Probably I she mean, was like really beautiful and a huge star. I mean, we all, I feel like we all thought the same. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was an odd couple. But it was. At the beginning of the scene, prior to the whole Dewey sitch and before Sydney approaches her, Gail's putting makeup on that shut up. Yeah, she's in the uh, the um, van. Yeah, with Kenny, man. the cameraman. The, she treats, and these, she treats her cameraman like shite. Yeah. Garbage. Yeah. Oh, Gail. Anyway, so Sydney approaches Gail. Sydney approaches Gail, right? Yes, yes. she does. She's pissed. Well, yeah. she she wants to talk to her because um, off the record, off the record, because I think she saw a segment where they were talking about um, Cotton Weary, who is played by Liev Schreiber, which we know him now as a big actor, but back then, not He's not so right. much. And we don't really get anything else about him except just like a screenshot, a sh- shot of him getting like he's arrested and they're moving him mm-hmm. to jail or whatever. Or- the news package was just saying it's like the one year anniversary. Yes. Since Cotton Weary murdered Maureen Prescott. Yes. And apparently Gail has, you know, a theory because she talked to um, Cotton she interviewed him she really did research and she doesn't think that things add up that because Sydney says that she saw the person who 
killed her mother mm-hmm. wearing the same coat that cotton was wearing who her mother picked up at a local bar mm-hmm. so um you know there were rumors about her mom and whatnot so she's confronting gail and gail's pretty much punching holes in in, in saying theories and it, it, it's that thing where sydney doesn't want to believe like her mom mm-hmm. was kind of sleeping around and yeah. stuff like that uh, and gail's like it is what it is like it doesn't add up you saw someone leave the house in Cotton's jacket that was covered right. in your mom's blood, but you didn't see his face to know that that was Cotton leaving. Yeah. Type thing. And so my question has always been, did they say she was raped because they saw that she had sexual activity with Cotton or did they say she was raped because the person who killed her actually raped her? I think that's left ambiguous. I don't think... But Billy do something with like this? But, yes. He's crazy. He's I mean, a bitch. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think maybe they didn't even do a rape test because yeah. Cotton admitted to sleeping with her. Yeah, but why call it rape then if he slept with her? Like, he's saying they're consenting adults. And it was his word against Sydney's, I guess. Right. Where Sydney's yeah. like, no, no mom would never... You must have raped her and then killed her. Gotcha. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, I can see why they didn't go too deep in that. Um, They were already getting so many issues from the ratings board about the just goriness of the movie in Mm -hmm. the first place. So So So. then Sydney's like, I've had enough of this. I don't want to hear your your conspiracy theories. Yeah. Chandran runs. I'm sorry I mangled your face. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so she, Sydney goes into the school. She goes upstairs. That's when we see Stu checking out his forehead in the yes. mirror because Sydney clocked him the night before. <laughs> she should have stayed home. A hundred percent. She should have stayed at Tatum's house with Tatum's mom. Mm-hmm. And but and instead, a police detail. Yes, there should have been police all around the house. And when it was like starting off with Gail and everything after that was like a shit show for Sydney that day. Mm-hmm. She gets berated by Gail with common sense. Mm-hmm. She goes in and Stewie's an asshole to her and pretty much saying like, you know, Billy wouldn't do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously Tatum has told Billy pretty much everything that happened Stu. that she- Oh, she's told Stu, yeah. sorry. She told Stu what happened the night. So like now he's really kind of pushing it in Sydney's face that it can't be Billy. So she's finally like, I've had enough of this conversation. Right. I'm going to class, run smack into fucking Billy. Yes. And Billy's like, I didn't do it, blah, blah, blah. He says, it, it just, it's not me, Sydney. And she goes, I know. She admits because that she knows. Yeah. yeah. So So she essentially like, she got another phone call and Billy was in jail. So like, how could it be him? Yeah. Type thing. And so then she's over it. She goes into the bathroom. She's in a stall. These two bitches. Okay. I'm not even mad at them because everyone does that. You and I would be in the bathroom talking shit about this whole situation. Especially like if it's popular kids, you always talk shit about the popular kids. What I don't get. Is Sydney the popular kid? well she's popular she's more infamous than probably popular but yeah i would die but it makes her well known especially in this a small city unfortunately you know casey becker was popular 
But if my guess is if Casey Becker dated Stu yeah. at some point and then dated Steve, their circles may not, there might be a little bit of hierarchy. Like Steve mm-hmm. might have been a little bit higher, but they're adjacent. They're close enough. Right. They're popular adjacent. So maybe a level right under popular. Mm-hmm. But then her mom dying probably blew her spot up even more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. unfortunately she goes in the bathroom what pisses me off about this scene is that she doesn't stand up for herself and tell them to go fuck themselves because mm-hmm. there's no way i'm catching you talking shit about me and my like and i'm in there and i'm not saying anything but i understand other people are different um and then she hides but the fact that if this happened to me i would not be by myself mm-hmm. i would have to have a buddy this also goes back to me feeling like tatum is a horrible friend yeah mm-hmm. Because one, I wouldn't have let her go to school. We both would have stayed home from school. And I'm not letting her go nowhere without me seeing her. And we weaponing up. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Where's my bow and arrow and my machete and my bear spray? So after the girl, she's hiding in the bathroom. (laughs) Uh, What happens next, Serena? Well, she's crying to herself after this mean girl said all those things back her and her mom. <laughs> uh, she's just like, I keep hearing things in the bathroom. I wonder what it is. I thought I was here alone, you know? And yeah. it turns out, uh, you know, someone's in the bathroom with her. And they're, I guess they're standing up on the toilet yeah. to hide themselves. And she's like looking under there, which by the way, I would never ever touch the bathroom floor. I don't care where I am. No, She's crazy. <laughs> but um she's getting really paranoid in there and eventually the guy i guess comes off i'm trying to figure out who it was is it billy or it must have been Stu. yes but the way they were talking and where the bathroom was Stu would have had to walk by them yeah but billy i was wondering if it was either one of them i thought it was maybe one of the kids playing a prank because uh, they didn't really tr- truly attack her and they had no weapon like i think they had a knife. i thought they had a knife. did they have a knife yeah i then i don't know i i so so many times we keep on saying who is it and it's funny because when you're watching a regular slasher you know who it is it's well, not even you know who it is it's usually one guy like when we were watching i know what you did last summer i was like there's no way you're killing you're dragging bodies and cleaning blood <laughs> Right. This doesn't make sense. Well, two killers at least, okay. There's more plausibility that this is happening. But I mean, as as killers go, it was a solid plan on their part. Yeah, yeah, it was. I give them more credit than yeah. I would, you know, the, I know what you did last summer, voided out fisherman was getting shit done. He was very, mm-hmm. very efficient. It didn't make sense. So she gets attacked in the bathroom, right? And she fucking fights. She fights again. She does a nice slider. Right. And she gets that hell out of dodge. Um, and then I guess they call the cops again. They shut down school. The principal's pissed because when they when she's first uh, talking to Stu and Tatum, she gets really scared because these two guys are in the the mask suits or whatever the costumes right and so now we see the principal like with scissors 
I think it's funny now because when we watch the movie, you're like, oh, is it the principal? Because everyone, they give you all these red herrings. I was like, principal's really up in here threatening children <laughs> yeah. with the giant up. ass scissors. They're being assholes. They deserve it. <laughs> they, they did deserve it, but I'm just like, I was surprised. Uh, you're not present day parents. There's no way. There's no way. It's the nineties, guys. So he's, you know, yelling at them. He gets them to to leave or whatever. I only reference this scene because later on, once they realize what's happened, Sydney, everybody's going home, and they cancel school for the foreseeable future until they figure out what the fuck's going on. Mm-hmm. In this scene, we we visit the principal again, um, and he pokes his head out and he sees one of the janitors mm-hmm. who's dressed in full Freddy Krueger. Freddy yes, and that's Wes Craven. Yes, yeah. the director yeah. dressed up as one no. of his biggest movies. Well, and okay, so this unlocked a memory for me. Okay, <laughs> because. Uh, the principal pokes his head out and goes, little shits. And the janitor looks up and goes, what'd you call me? My family says that all the time. And I realized we got it from this movie. <laughs> but like, anyone could say anything and be like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom. We're like, what'd you call me? Like, just darn <laughs> shit. <laughs> We got that from this movie. I was like, oh, how did you forget that? It's just been, you've been doing it for so We've long. We've been doing it for so long. Like, <laughs> and it's such a throwaway line. It's not like an iconic scream line or anything. No. It's, just, it's a... <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> um. Oh, I just found an article that lists who was killing in every scream. And it said that um, it was probably Billy in the bathroom and, and in the principal scene we're talking about. How because did he Stu, so fast? I guess there was enough time. He must have bathroom. came in the bathroom when those girls left and then hid. Yeah. That's really ballsy because Sydney yeah. could have come out at any point. Yeah. Okay. Um, because Stu is wearing khakis. Man, I would have been measuring them shoes when his foot came down. Sir, 13, (laughs) size 13. Combat boots. Combat boots. Now interrogate everyone that's wearing fucking black pants and And combat combat boots. boots. So, yeah, then we see the principal goes back into his office. Poor, poor. poor And it's this weird scene where he's trying on the mask. (laughs) And like why doing dumb girl shit but then he like hears a noise and Mm -hmm. he's he's alerted he is and he's got his giant like (laughs) scissors scissors they're like fabric scissors they're huge yeah they were really big and and then he gets killed yeah i really like the principal the shot of the principal after he's killed and it's like his eyeball and it shows like the reflection yes that was cool i really love that shot (laughs) so the principal's killed and then you see all the kids leaving the school Mm -hmm. play schools out for summer yes uh when all the kids are supposed to go home and obviously sydney's going to tatum's but 
Stu's like, I'm having a, I'm having a party at my house. Oh, this is when Gail talks to Dewey. Cause I wrote Gail talking to Dewey. <laughs> okay. So yeah. it must've been, she's just hanging out outside yeah. waiting for shit to happen. And he comes to help make sure everyone gets out of the school right. and like everyone knows that it's curfew. Right. I just, everything that happens after this is just, it drives me crazy a little bit, mainly because you're going to have a party because you know there's a killer. First of all, where were Stu, Stu's parents? I've always wondered this. They went like, out of town. Great. They Everybody, of town. Everybody's going out of town. Latchkey kids of the 90s, of course. No, uh, I mean, they don't want to get killed. So. Oh, wow. And so he tells Sydney and Tatum to bring snacks. If I was Tatum's parents and Dewey, no, your ass is fucking staying home. You're not yeah, going not to a filming. party. Yeah. But do we, again, you know, something is just not there. Like, yeah. And they're buying ice cream. Yeah. He said snacks. Why are you buying popsicles? They're going to be melted by the time you get to the party. <laughs> and I didn't know. I thought maybe it was going to be a small gathering of just like them hanging out. It's no. a rager. Yeah. Yeah. It's a rager. And then prior to them shopping or going to the party, they're sitting at Tatum's, like on her porch. And Tatum's like doubting, like kind of siding with Gail. Like, I mean, it is plausible. Well, she pretty much, Sydney's like, my mom would never do that. And and she was like, you hear the rumor enough times that you would start to believe there was something along those lines. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just like, damn, Tatum. And pretty much she was in, in, insinuating that. Um, Your mom's a hoe. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that Cotton was not the only one. Yeah. And then at the end of this scene is the part that made us all laugh out loud. Yeah. Where it's like the, the killer in the bushes, like Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> And we, so we see him in the bushes at Tatum's. Mm -hmm. We also see the killer at the grocery store when they're trying to get snacks. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, why is someone saying hey? (laughs) Right. Why are you in costume? Right. So now we're at the video store with Stu, Randy, and. We don't see Billy till later. Correct. And so like, they're just assholes to Randy. Like straight up douchebags. Randy is just like this little nerdy guy that like likes horror movies. He's slightly obsessed. He has a crush on Sydney. He's just he's kind of odd. Yeah, he's but harmless. He's a film fan nerd, which I think people appreciate more now than back then. Yes, I I don't know something about him annoys me. (laughs) He's definitely annoying to me, but like, and then he has his standard horror horror movie rules which he gets into later yes he does Um, he does give us the rules and then he says it's a very simple formula everyone's a suspect yeah (laughs) and he's right and I think that you could see the nervousness uh, from Stu and Billy Mm -hmm. the more Randy just keeps talking talking yeah yes get your ass killed yeah and then we see tatum and sydney talking was there anyone else there at the video store uh dewey no it's later on when either they're getting ready or maybe they're 
maybe they're in Dewey's car riding to Stu's house. And she asked Sydney who would play you in a movie. Oh, yes. And she's like, hopefully not Tori Spelling. No, she says, knowing my luck, it would be, it'd probably be some end up being Tori Spelling, but it yeah. was somebody else that they said first. Meg Ryan. Yes. Oh, yeah. Dewey says, I picture you as a Meg Ryan. And she's like, oh, thanks. And I'm like, no. How? <laughs> That, that was probably like, ooh, we forgot to edit that line when Drew was supposed to be Sydney. Yes. <laughs> yes. And yes. no one questioned it? Yeah, there's no way. I mean, the only part of it they got right was that it was a 30-year-old woman. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh, so- drops them off at Stu's house but then he goes is he just gonna hang out in his squad car I don't know like why are you letting him go I'm still mad at that but yeah because Gail does meet up with him Mm -hmm. and kind of questions that too like are we scouting out the place like what's happening yeah and Gail's like can I just hang with you yeah and he goes inside at first Mm -hmm. And sees underage drinking and all sorts of stuff. Worst deputy Worst ever. Worst ever. <laughs> like um, and Stu is in like a, a smoking robe. Uh, yeah, a smoking jacket. Yeah. Pretty much a Hugh Hefner yeah, look. Thinking like he's a boss bitch. Yeah. I love the fact that obviously Matthew Lillard in this movie has so many lines, but he ad-libbed most of his lines in this movie. I don't know, like a good amount of the the lines he ad libbed. I have a story, but I'll wait till it gets there. Okay. I will say Matthew Lillard is such an underrated actor. Like everything he is in, he's good in. And he's the most memorable person every time. You can give him like like you we were just talking about it because Jackie had just watched the perfect score Mm -hmm. and He's in it as well. Mm-hmm. Not a huge role, but memorable. Mm-hmm. Like he takes up every scene he's in. He does. He's just so charismatic. I love him. So now we're this scene pretty much marks the final act of the movie. And so it's so it's 42 minutes, this final act, and it takes place entirely at Stu's house. But um it took about t- 21 nights to shoot. And um, everybody on the crew pretty much joked and called it the longest night of horror history. <laughs> because could you imagine you had to come in, you had to wear the same outfit, mm-hmm. the same location. It's, all, it's probably like what can't it, hardly wait. Yes. Yeah. It, it just feels like Groundhog's Day. Yeah. yeah. For over 21 days. Um, so... Gail's going with Dewey. Oh, Dewey gets a call that there is an abandoned car up the road. So he's he and Gail are walking up the road to go investigate. I would have honestly, I would have just said, I need you to send someone else out here. Mm-hmm. I'm not leaving this party. Yeah. Yeah. But you know. And so they're all watching. There's a big group of people watching just horror movies in the front room. Randy's there. Uh that's when he says Janine Gertz was a scream queen. Uh, Stu is pretty much like, beer me, bitch. 
And so Tatum's like, what am I, the beer wench? So Tatum goes out to the garage. Cat jumps out. She It scares her. And we see the cat run out. There's like a, a cat door cut into like the actual garage door that like goes up that a car drives in, which I've never seen mm. since. <laughs> I'm not doubting that people don't do that. I've just never, never seen, seen it. So then she she's got an armful of bottles of beer, turns around, and Ghostface is standing at the steps. Which we have to assume this is Billy. Not yeah, Stu. Because Stu. Stu, Stu is in the living room. The, yes. She thinks it's Randy. And so she's like playing victim. Oh, I want to be in the seat. I just and then he like slices the shit out of her arm to show her yeah mean business bitch but if you're gonna kill her just stab her while she's standing there obviously yeah something isn't wrong right with these boys obviously not you know like (laughs) uh so then she puts up a fight she's throwing beer bottles She's trying to run out the garage door. That freezer door. Yeah. Oh, when she hits him in the face with the freezer door, I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes. That's that a fucking my fight. my problem is when she knocked him out, she didn't finish the job. Yeah, she would have grabbed another beer bottle or yeah. like I would have just, just or tied him up or something. something. I mean, t- it's risky to get near him because yeah. you don't know if he'll overpower or you. Or but... like jump over him and get back in the house where there's a shit ton of, ton of other people right. around you. Yeah. Instead, she tries to climb out the Dude, tiny cat, cat door. door. I wouldn't have waited for the garage door to go. So she's she's halfway out and hits the button. And the way that like her head got squished was uh, first off, I don't think garage door motors are strong enough. It would have it would have never carried the weight. It would have stopped for sure. And then she also said um in an interview later, Rose McGowan, because I'm thin enough, I kept falling out of the door. They had to nail her shirt onto the wood, otherwise she'd flop out. That's actually how she gets into her houses when she gets locked out. For real, that's my takeaway from Scream. I know I can fit through dog doors. So why you blasting your shit on Main Street? <laughs> you better seal up all those dog doors because people sure, don't know. I'm sure it was like in her childhood she's talking about. No, I like, feel like she met yesterday. Oh my god. <laughs> oh boy. So anyway. we lose we lose Tatum, and I remember when I saw this movie that I felt so sad that she died mm-hmm. when we rewatched it i didn't feel as strongly as i felt when helen got killed and i know what you did last summer well because she was a garbage friend yes yes yeah, yeah. r.i.p the outfits were right though yes the outfits were right with tatum yes <laughs> she did have fits yes yeah, she did <laughs> i like the baby doll jersey with the yes. red track pants <laughs> oh God, the fits. So, good. so good she did dress better than sydney for sure well whoever dressed her i don't know she had that. bright colors she yeah. was fun sydney was americana so now like everyone's starting to leave the party yeah then like billy just slips in 
yeah into the scene yeah he just slides <laughs> slides in there and, um oh but the, did he find Sibby in that room or did they go up together to the room they go up together like she was about to leave and she's like where's Tatum and then Billy's like hey <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I want to talk to you about it? your car's warranty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but prior to them going upstairs, um, Randy does say Alicia Silverstone's name correctly. Yes. And we've all been getting it wrong. Yes. And then um, this is when Gail kind of sneaks in and puts the hidden camera on the, the front room. Yeah. On the TV. So she's watching yeah. the kids and, and they're watching the kids watch tv and stuff she must but that's when she leaves with dewey to go check out because he comes to ask her if if i got a call that there's a car out do you want to come with me and then she realizes there's like a 30 second delay when she gets back in the van um so that's important but billy and sydney go upstairs to what is the tiniest master bed ever it's oh, <laughs> like yeah i can go to my parents bedroom it's like a huge ass house right and they're on maybe a full it looks like tatum's twin bed <laughs> it does I'm it's like, so tiny i'm confused I, you know that they just somebody um <laughs> yeah making the set for that one and then sydney's apologizing because she hasn't been right because of the death of her mom and blah 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 and i said don't be fucking sorry sydney <laughs> stop apologizing you grieve how you want to fucking grieve fuck that bitch you're not over that yet that happened a year ago <sighs> oh my god i'm sorry that your mom died lily moskovitz vibes again i would murder someone i don't care if i'm 40 years from now you're not gonna say you're not over that yet what what (laughs) and then more greasy hair yes yeah and crazy eyes i wonder when she was like in bed with him and she was like touching his hair she was just like um so then they start making out and she says, why can't I be a ma- in a Meg Ryan movie or a good porno? Which apparently is her way of saying, let's bone. Yeah. She's <sighs> like, what? Are you sure? I wonder if that was in the plan for him it's, and Stu. I don't think it was. Like, what if Stu had come in earlier to start fucking shit up? Right? Like, right. how did he know? I smell sex in there. <laughs> <laughs> so weird so now we're watching halloween downstairs yes and um, and randy gives his dissertation yes he tells us the rules of horror or slasher films so it's randy's rules of surviving a horror movie number one you can never have sex and (laughs) And as this is happening you have Sydney upstairs sex me (laughs) baby uh, sex me. <laughs> Number two, you can never drink or do drugs. <laughs> and never, ever, ever under any circumstances say, I'll, I'll be, be right, right back. back. Hold on, I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Then we, Stu does that. He says, yeah. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. 
work. <laughs> <laughs> so Gail, now we see Gail and Dewey in the van. They're going to investigate the car in the bushes. Gail says, I'll be right back mm. to Kenny. All right. Paul Kenny. Oh my God, guys. Somebody's killed Kenny. <laughs> then we're back in the house. Randy answers Stu's parents' phone when it rings. Because I guess that's cool. Yeah. In some circles. Yeah. And someone on the other line is like, the principal is strung up to the goalpost at the high school. Again, when did Billy find the time <laughs> to yeah. do this? Yeah. The, and <laughs> I, how, how, like, the principal wasn't light. Yeah. And no one noticed in broad daylight him just, well, by the time he got to the party, it was already dark. So I imagine it took like a couple of hours before. But he was at the video store earlier. Yes, he was. This boy just be moving. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a set of wheels, a something. I don't know what it is. So everyone's like, let's check it out before they come down. And like pieces out of the house. So now that the only people that are really left are Stu, Billy, Sydney, Tatum's dead hanging in the garage door. Gail, Dewey, and Randy. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. The kids that are leaving to go look at the principal fly by Gail and Dewey. They have to jump off the side of the road and they roll about in the brush. And then I wrote, does Gail actually like to? (laughs) (laughs) Because they kiss in the bushes the best place to go and they also find sydney's dad's car that's been abandoned that's the car that's like in the bushes so dewey's like shit we gotta get back to the house because now they're thinking it's sydney's dad has like snapped because it's the anniversary of his wife's death why didn't he take the car why didn't he take the car do we take the car no take his cop car oh to go your right street Dude. It was a moonlit stroll with Is his lady. Though. He does. was a murderer. What's Dewey gonna do? Nothing. <laughs> so as Sydney's like getting dressed, and Billy's like putting on his boots, his five fucking combat boots. Yeah. Yep. That's it. She's like, so who'd you call in jail? And he's like, you don't, still don't fucking think it's me. And she's like, no, but it'd be a really good way to like throw me off is like what your one call was like to me type thing. And then enters Ghostface, Stabby Stabby's Billy. But when he comes in, I feel like Sydney has a good amount of time to say, get down. Yeah, no, because mm-hmm. like when he was like saying, Cause like, she's like, Oh, like you can use that phone call to call me to throw me off and stuff yeah. like that. And he's just like, what do I have to do to prove to you that I'm not a killer? And at that moment, I would have been looking at this man like, was it you? Was it really you? Are you? Are you? So in my peripheral vision, as I'm looking at him being like, Oh my God, he's the killer. And then I see him creeping out from behind Stu being like, Oh yeah, it's time to kill him. 
I probably would have seen him too because I was looking at him like, oh, he really did do it. <laughs> or like, I'm so confused because this is like crazy bitch here, but right. then there's like killer behind him. I don't know what the fuck's going on right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so after he stabby stabs Billy, he cleans the knife. Mm. <laughs> you don't want to cross contamination oh now we care about germs (laughs) okay yes now it's important now we care so sydney takes off running there are so many hallways stairs and doors in this house yeah i would have probably fucking gotten lost yeah yeah there are two doors that led out to like the hallway so yes a bedroom with two doors that lead out to a hallway and i'm like wait a minute and then she's in an attic what was yeah. that room the the bullshit room. room. <laughs> yeah there was a lot of shit in there a she used board. a surfboard to block the door <laughs> and then she's screaming out the window as if fucking anybody, anybody can, can hear, hear her. her she's hoping that dewey will be out there why maybe. would you trust in that man you're asking me i don't <laughs> know i could not put this man in the position to be a cop to me <laughs> and then i wrote this is the reason i always need a second way out i learned it from sydney so she's hanging out the window and the killer like grabs her arm and she falls she gets up, she starts running, she sees Tatum is dead. Terrified. And now we see Randy drunk and yelling at the TV. And we okay. see him telling the person on the TV like to watch out Jane and literally be TV, watch out. <laughs> yeah, and behind him, he's in danger of getting killed himself. But yeah. then yes, Gus face is now behind Randy as well. Yeah. Sydney's just running and screaming. Kenny pulls her into the van. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's when they see is the delay. Yes. So that's when they see the killer behind Randy. But Kenny's like, there's a 30 second delay. So he's probably because then he's like, we have to go help him. And Ken, Kenny's like, he's probably not even there anymore. Or he's already fucking dead. Right. Kenny opens the door and the killer slits his throat. But he almost sacrifices himself to help Sydney. Yeah. Which yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he why. tried to close the door after he got his neck slit. Yeah. As if that could, like there's major arteries in there. He's not having the interview to do that. Yeah. So Sydney closes the van door. Um, she's stabbed in the shoulder as it's closing. Mm-hmm. She climbs through the van and yeah. she's trying to get out of like the front. I think she gets out through the front of the van. Mm-hmm. And then starts just piecing out. Running yeah. again. Yeah. So she runs out. Um, and I think. And then we see Dewey and his flashlight and Gail in her heels running. Right. Yes. <laughs> just like just running. <laughs> Those heels, that little trench coat she was wearing. Um, Dewey goes inside. And is pointing his gun all over the goddamn place. All over. <laughs> and at the same time, Gail goes to the van and says, Kenny, I need the cellular. There's <laughs> <laughs> blood on the, yes. the side rails of the van. So yeah. she's like, oh, shit. shit's gone down. She gets in the driver's seat, starts taking <laughs> off. 
it rains blood onto the windshield. And she's in such a panic. Before she starts taking off, she's like, she grabbed the phone to type 911. Yeah. She turns over to see Randy being like, hey. (laughs) (laughs) In the face with the phone. Oh, Randy. And she's, she's driving like, erratically yes. because each time she's driving, there's something else happening. Then that's when the blood starts to. So she's using the windshield wipers and then she almost gets in an accident at first. And then she, I think she, she slams, on, slams the, on the brakes yeah. and then the person comes off the roof and she yeah. really loses <laughs> her she's shit. Like, Can you get the like oh i get frustrated with her because she she like all driving skill is just completely fucking gone she the crash into the tree for no goddamn reason the only way she sydney was in the middle of the road and she had to i might have hit sydney (laughs) (laughs) there was nothing between me and my mission to get the fuck out of dodge sydney wouldn't would not have made it (laughs) I would have hit that bitch. So then we see Sydney running and screaming some more, and she <laughs> gets to the front door again as Dewey's walking out. Yeah. And Dewey's knees buckle because he's got a knife to the back. He's like, Sydney. <laughs> and he just collapses. You brought a gun to a knife fight and <laughs> still lost. lost. So <laughs> Oh Jesus Christ. Christ. So then the, the killer comes out and is like, bitch, I believe you have my property. <laughs> Grabs the knife out of Sui's back, taking off after Sydney. Which tells me the killers did not really plan accordingly because they only carry one weapon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is when Sydney gets into the squad car. Right. And is trying to get away, realizes the keys aren't in there. And <laughs> the killer's like, excuse uh-uh. me, ma'am. I got the keys. Were you looking for these? And the part where he pulls the trunk open. So I'm so, like, you, I was yelling at the TV at this point when we were watching it. I was like, you don't feel that draft, Sydney? You don't feel that draft? I was so mad. I mean, but she fights. And gets away. Yeah, she got out. She wouldn't have to fight as much if she just, just, (laughs) Jesus. I'm sure it was like the adrenaline. Sydney runs back in the house. She has a gun. And then it's right about that time, Stu and Randy both hobbling up the steps. They're like, they were outside on the porch. Yeah, she made a case to her when she was like, I would have shot both of them in a place where they would be in like a leg, a leg, a foot, something, and just say, that's, Figure it out. That's it. So <laughs> here's another. And, but she does say, Fuck you both. And, and yeah, goes inside. locks the door. And guess who comes slithering back down? and just rolls down the stairs. (laughs) She's like, oh my god, Billy. I'm like, do you not see any puncture wounds in his fucking chest? Do you not smell like that the corn syrup? You got stabbed yourself. (laughs) Do you not smell the difference between blood and corn syrup? (laughs) Billy stumbles and falls down the stairs. (laughs) <laughs> and then Sydney's like helping him up. He's like, "Give me the gun." First of all, 
Bitch, you were, I thought you were dead a minute ago. How do you get any better at a gun than I am? First and foremost, I want to give him the props he deserves because if you told me I'll give you $100 to pretend to fall down these stairs, I wouldn't even know how to do it. <laughs> he does a really good job here all down the stairs. <laughs> so Cindy's like, okay, my knight in shining armor. <laughs> I'm gonna give you the gun. He gives you the gun. He lets Randy inside and locks the door. And Randy's ranting like Stu's gone fucking mad. (laughs) He's all done real mad. Yeah. (laughs) Stu's crazy. And then that's when Billy's like, and then I'm like, (laughs) and I think even in the movie, when I saw it originally, not even in the movie, in the movie theater, I was shocked. I gave one of them. <laughs> it was him. <laughs> he licks his finger. Corn syrup used as pig's blood and carry. The amount of like movie references Billy made in the movie about yeah. him being like, he just loves horror movies and being like, none of you put together that. <laughs> yeah. He loves horror movies so much. And references. He shoots Randy, does he not? Yeah, he shoots Randy. Okay. He shoots Randy and then lets Stu in. Mm-hmm. And Stu's like, surprise, Sydney. Surprise, Sydney. And he has the little voice, voice box. box thing. Yeah. And he says, watch a few movies, take a few notes. It was fun. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sure he probably uh, ad-libbed that one. Mm-hmm. So stupid. I love him. And so then Billy has to give his dissertation as to why. Although he's like, I really don't have to give a reason. Yeah. I could just be crazy yeah. like Norman Bates. Yeah. yeah. But he does. Um, but he does have to have his moments. Yeah. <sighs> uh, so Sydney's mom was a fucking whore who is fucking Billy's father. Which forced his mom to move out and abandon him. I mean, it just shows the character on your dad committing, like, you know, yeah. infidelity over here. And it Why shows, are you getting mad at the mom? But also, your mom leaving you. That's her, too. That's yeah. your, both your parents. There's nothing to do with Sydney's mom. Oh, my God. And then Stu's like, oh, hold on. This is going to be good. And he, like giddily runs out of the room <laughs> going to get something show and tell time yeah and then there's sydney's poor dad yeah so yeah. billy says it's now after midnight it's a year ago since we killed your mom so it was like their whole plan or their whole goal to do all these killings for fun uh, and exact revenge i guess and then pin it on sydney's dad mm-hmm. interesting but not a real good revenge plot for me personally <laughs> so Stu pulls dad out of the closet puts the voice box and the cell phone used to call everyone in his pocket and now we have to make it look convincing so now these two idiots go back and forth with stabbing each other yeah and it's almost <laughs> like Hyping himself up. And so Billy stabs Stu in the side. Stu stabs Billy in the side. There's fucking blood everywhere. And they're knocking shit over. They did not plan that properly because they got into, like, first of all, you don't do a stab wound to the the gut. That's Mm -hmm. like the worst thing you could do. Yeah. 
besides the artery obvi but jesus christine told me the basics at least yeah so sue says everyone dies but us that's the plan so everyone dies but us because we have to be here for the sequel and everybody loves the sequel <laughs> But then Billy gets a little overzealous and like stabs <laughs> Stu a few extra times. Yeah, He's Billy like, needs it, help. Billy. <laughs> I feel a little woozy here. <laughs> I feel like I'm an um, Billy Madison episode <laughs> all over again. Shut up, let me live. <laughs> Stu is dripping blood everywhere. Like you can audibly hear. Yeah, the blood blood just pumping out of his body. Oh my God. But then Stu goes to get the gun and it's not there because bad bitch Gail Weathers on the scene about to blow this motherfucker to the end. And then she does it. And the safety's on. So while she's like, oh shit, (laughs) they boot her to the stomach. (laughs) So fucking hard she goes flying she goes flying and knocks the fuck out yeah then that's when billy's like it works better with the safety off and then cracks his neck in like the creepiest fucking way (laughs) so then he's about to shoot gail but then Stu's like uh sydney pissed out so we got another problem when they were stabbing each other it was such a she should have bolted out of there she was watching this go down and i was like and you're in a kitchen yeah full of weapons weapons. well if the gun was still there by that time nah sydney playing games in this bitch but billy was actively stabbing Stu, so there was like reaction maybe she saw gail coming to get the gun and so she knew that she couldn't Stu notices sydney's gone for some reason Sydney thinks we're gonna play games now and fucking call Stu's landline with the fucking voice box. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, We ain't got time to play games, Sydney. (laughs) She's so into the games. That bitch puts on the mask and the, the, the costume. Yeah, she already called She real gangster. So then, like, <laughs> Billy is pissed. He hands, like, Rose. doesn't even. <laughs> <laughs> Stu is, like, fading. <laughs> like, <laughs> Stu is, like, on the chair, little stool in the kitchen, like. <laughs> I really need you got me. <laughs> At, the, at first, Billy's like, like puts the phone to Stu's ear, and then Billy takes the phone back, and then Sydney's like, I already called the fucking cops, come try and fucking find me. He's like, you bitch. <laughs> she chucks the phone, hits Stu in the head, <laughs> and Stu turns around and goes, you hit me with the phone, you dick! <laughs> That was an improvised line because Billy wasn't supposed to hit Stu with the phone. Oh, <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> Which is why it's my favorite like scene of the, of yes. the movie. It's he so was good. method acting he for was. sure. 
Um, and then Sue's like, hello? <laughs> you really called the cops? <laughs> you bet you're sorry, yes, I did. <laughs> like, my mom and dad are gonna be so <laughs> Oh my god. Or even Matthew Lillard <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> they're asking, she's like, I already know Billy's motive for doing this. What are you gonna tell the cops when they get here? And he's like, Peer pressure. I'm way too sensitive <laughs> to be doing things like this. <laughs> so now Billy is just roided out Billy. Just kicking shit over, mm-hmm. throwing stuff. Uh, he is, shit up. Yeah, he is pissed. <laughs> now Sydney decides she's gonna, she is dressed as Ghostface. Yeah. And she has an umbrella and that's her weapon Ooh, yeah. of choice. Yeah. But she she gets him. Yeah. Wherever his stab wound was yeah. previously, she gets right into the hole of it. Mm-hmm. And she stabs him quite a few times with that umbrella. And but then Stu gets a second wind. Yes. Yeah, all of a sudden. And he tackles her. They're wrestling around. They make it into the living room. And he falls and he falls and <laughs> bitch just TV on the head. Yeah. Okay. For y'all that weren't around back then, please understand TVs are now are not what they were then. So TVs heavy. then, and that was a decent sized TV, yeah. probably 150 pounds. And the glass was fucking thick. Yes. That TV to the face, he did a hundred percent. Like they didn't even have to show him being electrocuted because the he- the heaviness of the TV. Yeah, his brain crushed. Oof. So after she smashes Stu's head in with the TV and everything, she goes to check out Billy, still on the floor, passed out, and then um, Randy. It's Randy. wakes up all of a sudden. Yeah, Randy yeah. wakes up, and so does um, Gail. Gail. Yeah. And then um, they're all like looking at each other being like, oh, what's going on? And then yeah. her dad like topples out of the closet all of a sudden. She's like, oh, dad. dad. Like she forgot. <laughs> and then duct tape up in that closet <laughs> fighting for his life. Well, that was after. So Billy, yeah, they're all like hovering around Billy. Yeah. Billy wakes up. With wakes him. up. With Randy. Yeah. Starts choking Sydney. She digs her finger as far into his wound hole as she possibly can. Yes. And that's, and she pushes him up enough where Gail takes her shot. Yes. And so Billy's shot in the chest, right? Yeah. And he falls over. So he falls over and Randy's like, careful. Yeah. It's at this time that the killer comes back for one last scream. <laughs> and Billy's like, essentially like, boom. And so Sydney double taps in the forehead. Yeah. Like where, and she says, not in not my movie. Nice. And then dad comes crashing out of the closet and she's like, right. fuck, I forgot about you. Oh my God, dad. <sighs> Sydney. Could it be him? Like he was abducted for like, a day or two, right? Yeah, at least a couple days. Hours. Yeah. Did they feed him? What did they do? I don't with know. Him? Poor dad. The fact he couldn't t- take them makes me upset. <laughs> so then we see it, it starts panning out of Stu's house. Yeah. Dewey's being loaded into an ambulance. 
Gail's got work to do. Yeah. So, so she, well, she found a new camera guy somehow. I say at some point when, as soon as she got a phone, she called the station and said, I need a new camera guy and team. I'm here. Got a story. Let's go. And yeah. they don't mess with Gail because she knows that bitch gets a story. <laughs> so they found local camera people to get there quick because we don't know how much time well the sun's rising yeah so it's probably been a while before the cops come out the ambulance everything yeah but it's panning out gail's doing her news report the ambulance is taking off and that is scream that is scream (laughs) for me personally i was super scared because well not scared but i was worried after that movie not knowing we're going to get a second one that we don't know if dewey lives or not Mm -hmm. so that made me sad so when I saw the second movie, I was very happy with his, you know, by then they, he gets his own theme music Yeah, and you see him and you're like, my boy, it's back, it's back, more non-police what do you mean? skills. So what do you mean like when he's back? Like, I didn't know, <laughs> but I still time. loved him. I still loved him. Oh, she loved the way he ate that ice cream awkwardly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid! Like he's just like sitting there with his boss eating an ice cream cone, being like, "We gotta get this guy. We gotta find this murderer, guys." Ice cream cone. So, I feel like we could do a whole like character study on just the wonder that is Dewey. It would just be like me with the top hat and like a little ratty mustache. Other interesting tidbits that we did not uh, cover, the original title of the film was Scary Movie, but it was changed to to Scream. And so then uh, when the Wayne brothers did their movie, it's funny. I think it's interesting to say how much the Weinstein brothers, yes, they too are attached to this movie. This is like one of the fourth or fifth movies we've done. And some of the facts that we pulled up it just re- seems that they didn't really have a lot of faith in Wes Craven mm-hmm. so they approached other directors uh George A. Romero Sam Raimi and obviously they went on to have Wes Craven but he he initially passed but he did sign on to direct when he thought Drew Barrymore was going to be in it and that she was going to be Sydney another time that they didn't have the most faith in him was when they saw the ghost face mask the killer's mask bob weinstein initially thought that it wasn't scary enough and he considered replacing craven just because of this so craven and the editor patrick lassier i hope i said that right they created a work print out of the dailies of the opening scene so that they could show weinstein and convinced him to quickly change his mind about you know his his skills as a director so the movie was originally given an nc-17 rating by the mpa for being too gruesome despite the fact that craven initially refused to cut anything the movie was edited and then resubmitted by the studio nine times before it was given an r rating he actually lied to the mpaa um originally he told them that (laughs) I just think it's crazy that he just was like I'm gonna do whatever I want um he he lied and said to the ratings board 
to get the opening scene approved. Mm -hmm. He said that he only filmed one take of the sequence. So he wasn't able to make any changes. Um, Obviously complete lie. And the ratings board believed him and improved the scene. So it's funny now when you see horror movies now and how gruesome things have Mm -hmm. evolved to be. And he was having so much trouble. Yeah. With, you know, being like, this is nothing. Yeah. Compared to other stuff. Um, Screenwriter Kevin Williamson was partially inspired by a real life series of student murders in Gainesville in the 1990s. Perpetuated Florida. <laughs> Florida man, Danny Harold Rowling, who was later dubbed the Gainesville Ripper. He was also inspired, of course, by John Carpenter's 1978 classic Halloween, which is his favorite movie. And his script st- sparked a fierce bidding war in Hollywood between five movie studios before he ultimately accepted Dimension's $400,000 offer to buy the screenplay. Which is also interesting if you want to speak that he was initially he was initially inspired to write the screenplay, like you said, from those killings in Gainesville. But the movie itself, Scream One and Two, um launched additional copycats, mm-hmm. copycat crimes, including in nineteen ninety-eight, the murder of Gina Castillo by her son Mario and her nephew Samuel. Um, it became known as the Scream Murder because the boys admitted that they were inspired by both Scream movies and even purchased two ghost face costumes and a voice changer like the ones used in the movie. So there is no doubt that they were. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> it's really, really crazy. Um, and I know we were just talking about Craven, um, Wes Craven being very like petty. <laughs> He just was really mad about how much he was censored when making this movie. He was quoted as saying, I'm a director who can do something very well, but am not allowed to put it on screen. And they ultimately get you as they did um, this one on intensity. They say it's not a specific shot. It's not the blood. It's just too intense, which is insane. But to the credit of maybe the MPAA, they did have to use 50 gallons of fake blood for That's this true. movie. So it, it it was quite a bit. Um, um, Courtney Cox um, actually approached West Craven about taking the part uh, of Gail Weathers. Um, she lobbied hard for it because she had been playing Monica Geller on Friends, but she was wanting to break out into edgier roles. And prove that she could portray characters who weren't always so nice. And she's quoted as saying, I wrote a letter to Wes. I think I was always known as being so sweet. And I said, I really can be a bitch. <laughs> there are tons of Halloween references. Loomis is also the name of Michael Myers' psychiatrist. Tatum oh. telling Sydney that their ordeal is a, like a Wes Carpenter film. The film makes a clever callback to the Mackenzie's neighbors referenced by both teen victim Casey's parents and Scream's opening scene as well as Jamie Lee Curtis, Laurie Strode, who while being stalked by Michael, tells the children she's babysitting to go down the street to Mackenzie's house. And Randy and the rest of the teens are watching Halloween during Scream's third act. 
which I think goes to him being petty because he hated the constant comparison. I don't know if he hated it, but I, I think he's just playing a joke on the fact that he's always compared to John Carpenter. Yeah. Yeah. So he threw those in the movie. And then actresses Janine Garoppolo and Brooke Shields were considered for the role of Gail Weathers and Alicia Witt and Brittany Murphy as well as Reese Witherspoon were tapped to take over the role Sydney Prescott once um Drew Barrymore left but obviously it went to Nev Campbell finally it remains one of the highest grossing slasher movies of all time and made 173 million worldwide it's crazy and we're about to get a fifth movie I'm here for it. Yes. Comes out in January. Very interested to see. Mm -hmm. I will never not watch a screen. No, not at all. (laughs) Not at all. All right, ladies. So we've done one of our favorites. What are your ratings now for this movie? Serena, we'll start with you. My ratings now is obviously still the same. Like I still love this movie. I will watch it 5 million times in one (laughs) go. Like it sticks with me. So it's a wood buy again. It is a wood buy again. Jackie? Same. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I own it on iTunes. Same. I, I own it. Would buy it again, 100%. Yeah. Before we say goodbye, everybody, we, we hope you enjoyed our Scream episode as much as we did. Um, we have some shout outs. This is a special episode, obviously, because it's Serena's birthday, but it's also one of our Patreon besties' birthdays. Happy birthday, Shayla. Happy birthday, Shayla. Happy birthday, Shayla. Thanks for for supporting us and giving honest feedback. (laughs) And just being one of our biggest cheerleaders, especially for me when I'm like doubting myself. You've always been an amazing friend. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. For anybody else who wants to be a Patreon bestie and just be able to get stickers, goodies, be a part of our lives, get exclusive Patreon content, birthday shout outs, and more, then you should hit up our Patreon page. And if you want to follow along and give us feedback to anything that we talk about on the show, you can follow us at No More Late Fees on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. (laughs) Or you can give us a call leave a message on our anchor page or our Google voice number. Yes. Our quick drop number is 909-601-MLF, 909-601-6653. Leave feedback, talk about what you liked or disliked. If you want to give movie suggestions, share your blockbuster video store experience stories, corrections corner, like we got last week. anything and you could be featured on the show and we actually have a quick drop for this week hey what's up jackie and danielle and heather uh this is nick from california i just finished uh, listening to your billy madison episode and i just couldn't help to ping-ponging back and forth between uh the sisters and danielle going like oh my gosh like this movie is infinitely quotable and hilarious but then also this movie is not funny even a little bit at all and it was just making my head spin. Um, but one thing that I was just I just couldn't um, couldn't let go of is uh, 
every time I say the word ethics, which is actually kind of a lot because I teach communication studies, and one of the first things I teach in every one of my classes is communication ethics. And I have, like, just those two times I did it just now, it took every bit of focus I could to not say it like Billy Madison. And in my classes, I say it like Billy Madison every time. I'm like, so today we're going to talk about communication ethics. And I just, like, I hear Billy Madison's voice, like, saying business ethics. Like, I can just hear it in my head. And it comes out of my mouth like that every time. It's communication ethics. And my students have absolutely no clue what I'm talking about. Um, none whatsoever. Um, and it's not even worth explaining to them this one. It's like, it's a thing and don't even children. My students are all born after the year 2000 at this point. I was like, forget it. Um, but I laugh in my head every time I say it. Communication ethics. Um, but anyways, thanks for the fun, uh, nostalgia trips as usual. Um, I love loving the podcast, love your energy, and uh and it was nice to hear Heather's voice in there as well. Uh keep doing what you're doing, y'all. It's been a blast. Uh be kind, rewind. Thank you so much for calling into our quick drop. We really, really appreciate it, and we love to hear your opinions and feedback. Serena, it's always so great to have you be our producer, our silent partner in this. <laughs> Um, so we're really excited you came for an episode. How was it? It was good. It was good. I'm excited to be here. Yay. (laughs) Yay. Um, and as always be kind and rewind.